Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Jason DeRussia has the day off. This is Drive Time with DeRussia. I'm Dave Schrader sitting in. Thank you for having me back, WCCO. I'm a little uh, I'm a little rankled by a strange news story that uh, came across the old ticker. Uh, not necessarily breaking news. This uh, news story came out a few days ago, but I'm I need insight. I need to understand what's going on here. Uh, a state law enforcement group is calling out Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty over her response to an incident where a man allegedly dragged an officer with his car. Now, according to a criminal complaint that was uh, put on November 13th, a Maple Grove police officer conducted a traffic stop for tinted windows and failure to signal. Now, during the interaction, the officer learned that the driver's license was also suspended. Now, the officer reported seeing what appeared to be a finished alcohol container on the floor of the vehicle. These are red flags everywhere. Am I wrong? Am I am I mistaking this? Is this not the job of a good police officer to note these things? At that point, he asked the driver to exit the car. Now, dash cam footage actually shows the driver talking calmly to the officers, even taking the breathalyzer test. But after two and a half minutes, when an officer attempts to search him, he's then seen running back to the driver's seat. And as another cruiser pulls up, The driver hits the gas, sending an officer to the ground, dragging the other officer approximately 40 yards. And watching a Vikings game, we know how far that can seem. 40 yards. Now, Daniel Rudolph, 40, of St. Louis Park, has been charged with two felonies for the incident, obstruction and fleeing a police officer. But the Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association say that's not enough. That video could have ended so differently. Differently, according to the General Counsel for Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association, and it should give everyone a pause, really. And then we don't have any felony assault, no felony assault charge for the perpetrator that committed this act, this intentional act. The Hennepin County Attorney's Office says there's no possible way to prove the incident was intentional. You jam on the gas and drag a police officer 40 yards, and there's no way to prove it was intentional. Leaving the site of uh, where you're being held over by the police and not given permission to take off, that should be another clue to the perpetrator. According to the article, it says, We're grateful the officer in this case escaped the incident with minor injuries. We fully recognize and appreciate the potential danger for the defendant's actions, and that is why we charged him with two felonies for his conduct. As any prosecutor or defense attorney understands, we need evidence to support charges and prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt. Unfortunately, we're unable to rely on false characterizations of the facts by individuals from interest groups who don't have any access to all the evidence in the case. The evidence here is the defendant fled from the officers in a motor vehicle and caused injuries while interfering with the officer's duties. 
and we charged him with the most serious charges we were ethically able to charge based on the evidence. To prove assault, we would need to prove he intentionally used the car with the purpose of intentionally inflicting bodily harm. Not simply that bodily harm was caused by his actions or that he should have known the officer would be injured, and evidence that his purpose was to use the vehicle in that way, just, well, it's just not there. Now, when an officer's arm is in the door and that arm is trapped by said door, I think the intent of the individual, the defendant, fleeing kind of shows that he doesn't care about anything but getting out of that moment. And each foot that goes by seems to be pretty clear intent for not caring or showing lack of interest in whether this police officer is going to be hurt or not. They have 40 yards that they drag this officer, Ali said. This uh, charging decision represents an alarming trend from the HCAO where violent offenders are not charged or they're undercharged with crimes. Minnesota law has long recognized vehicles being treated as weapons in these type of situations. It's alarming how police officers are treated differently than citizens in the eyes of the HCAO. The Maple Grove Police Department says the officer who was dragged missed two weeks of work due to a shoulder injury and is still very sore. Another officer suffered minor abrasions. Rudolph, who has previously been convicted of armed robbery, could face five years or more in prison if convicted. I I don't get this. I I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thick in the head. It's a possibility. But how is it that this is not being... Maybe, okay, this is it, right? We've swung from one end of the spectrum to the other, right? For, you know, quite a while, the police have been under a microscope for the way they interact with um, defendants, perpetrators, And now it seems a pendulum has swung the other way where now maybe we've got to let these people just have their way with the law before we really worry about the law officers themselves, the people that are putting their lives on the line. What's my skin in the game? I come from a long line of law enforcement agents and I'm bothered by this. I'm I'm irritated by the situation. As a matter of fact, did we get him with all of the things we should have? How about if he was wearing white? Let's slap him with uh, wearing white after Labor Day. Was he humming along to a Paul McCartney Christmas song? Because that should get him five years right there. He should have changed that dial. But in all seriousness, this is insane to me. We don't know the actual intent of the driver. If only we had an attorney that could be a part of this, Charlie. Any luck in getting us an attorney? We're working on it. All right. I know we have one that might possibly join us here in a little bit. I'm watching the uh, Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. If you have a thought on this, an idea, what is going on, let me know. If you are an attorney that maybe has a different insight into this or you're somebody on the police board, I'd love to get your, your take on this. Your insight, because I just do not comprehend this. Again, when it gets to the line where, hey, we don't, you know, we need real proof. How about the proof that your police officer was dragged 40 yards? That's not like it's not catching a little fish and telling your buddies you caught a big fish. 40 yards and a few inches. You know, one thing would be he took off 
and the cop grabbed on and let go, and he, he was dragged six to eight inches. Okay, I get that. The cop grabbed it. Maybe he shouldn't have grabbed the door because unless he's the Incredible Hulk or a Kryptonian that's here hiding amongst us, he wasn't going to stop that car anyway. I get that. But there was intent. When you continue to drive and you know you've got a cop attached to your car and you do not stop, where where is the confusion on this? It's It's crazy to me. Totally crazy. And I can't be alone out there in my righteous indignation of shaking my fist. And, uh, you know, listen, police officers have to go out every day and face uh, a world that a lot of us should be thankful we do not have to face. Facing things and moments in time that uh, would, would crush the average citizen. They have to see death. They have to see cruelty. They have to see accidents. And then they have to make their way through this and and continue to do their job. Now, I understand there are bad apples, as there are in every business in the world. And I don't want to get into the debate about that. What I'm talking about is this specific case and the reason that they decided not to follow through. And I understand they went after him for the two most important felonies. But, again, how are those two not more important than uh, – Maybe not call it attempted murder, but but it's still assault on a police officer. Why is that not in there? Work it out in the plea bargain later on, whatever. But I, I just think they should be going after this with a lot more zeal and vigor. And I want all of our police officers across the great state and maybe around the world that are listening to this show. No, I've got your back and support, and uh, I don't understand why this is going on. Yeah. Uh, one of our texters says, I have two words for Moriarty's reasoning. Re-adiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, can't, uh, can't complain with that theory. That, that bolsters. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. I've got a couple other <laughs> news stories maybe I can get a little less wound up about. But, uh, again, if you have a thought on it, give us a call. Text me on the Twin City, or I'm sorry, on the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. It's a whole lot of words. Words is hard. 651-461-9226. I'm Dave Schrader filling in for Jason DeRussia right here on Drive Time with DeRussia. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Goat Girl yeah, Strikes. Yeah, you're not a fan of this song before I the show. I had to get it in. song. Stevie Listen, Nicks, a classic. I love Stevie Nicks. I love Christmas music. Sometimes things don't mix well together. Mm-hmm. And this, Paul McCartney, Christmas music. There you go. Right, but at least his voice is Paul McCartney. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> she always has a little bit of that, though. Oh, she goes full goat boy in this one, though. Yeah, it's always brutal. a little there, though. So we're talking about this case uh, that took place here in Maple Grove where a police officer was dragged 40 
yards by uh, the defendant, the perpetrator. And uh, they decided not to press any charges on that. Uh, of course, we've got the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line open, 651-461-9226. A couple quick messages that have come through. We don't know the intent of a drunk driver who kills someone, but they can absolutely be charged. We don't know the intent of someone who gets in a bar fight, but they can be charged if the other person suffers bodily injury. Those are great points. You can't can't get that wrong. We got Marty calling in and uh, has some insight on this. Marty, what did you want to share with us? I agree on a lot with what you're saying in those last texts, but I have a different perspective. Please. Being a progressive liberal farmer, our system it didn't the pendulum didn't swing from right to left. It went up sideways. Mary Moriarty is not a liberal progressive. She seems to be an anarchist. And it shows how our political spectrum is a sphere because that borderlines the the right-wing, alt-right anti-government. She just wants to sit back and let whatever happens happens. And it's not on the true left-right line of politics that we usually perceive things and register things. I she's wasn't... way off on her own tangent, and I hope she's... Uh, voted out office. It's just uh, my brother's a sheriff's deputy in a different state. Right. From, we're from Minnesota, but this is just unacceptable for that not to be charged. Marty, you don't hold back. Let me know what you really feel about Miss Moriarty. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I don't. I maybe I mis, uh, misled when I said uh, swinging from one side to the other. I meant more along the lines of. Uh, because of the police brutality that has taken place and the protect, protection that we show to um, perpetrators that are pulled over, stopped, whatever, potential uh, perpetrators, that you know, because of what was going on in the glaring spotlight that was focused for so long on law enforcement, and I'm talking now about has it swung the other way where now we have to be a little bit more forgiving towards the, uh, the bad guy because we, don't, we, we want to show we're being sensitive. Um, so I don't mean it necessarily gotcha, gotcha. in a political sure. manner. Sure, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah that clarification and uh, and yeah, it's just uh, you know, oh, it's just I, I shake my head down here. It's, yeah, uh, you know, looking at and just like the the, uh, the the young man who was killed by the police in what was that Brooklyn Center last year, mm-hmm. and the family begging for a more stronger charge a few weeks or a month ago. I just I, I don't get her line of thinking because I see. The big problem we have is not, you know, yeah, there's bad cops. There's bad every walk of life. Right. But our legal system, the charging and sentencing, to me, seems to be the larger problem the last 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And we need judicial changes somehow, which I guess have to be legislated. But neither political party and legislature wants to work together to actually get meaningful change done. So well, we're at that point. That can't happen. Right. Thanks for calling in, Marty. We're at that point now where it's everybody's so afraid of making the wrong move, especially when we're in a, a you know a year that's coming into big politics, and we want uh, you know we want everybody to love us, and you can't. You got to make bad decisions, or not bad decisions, tough decisions. Sometimes, sometimes those tough decisions are bad. I do like this Ohio court, Charlie. I don't know if you saw this article. Yeah. An Ohio woman has been sentenced to a month in jail and must work in fast food for two months after she attacked a Chipotle worker. 
Rosemary Hain was caught on video throwing food in the face of employee Emily Russell back on September 5th in Parma, Ohio at a Chipotle location, according to CNN. Hain, 39, pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor assault charge, and Parma Municipal Court Judge Timothy Gilligan sentenced her to 180 days in jail at a hearing last week per the outlet. Now, Gilligan then gave Hain the option, instead of you could spend 30 days in jail and then work the remainder of your sentence in fast food. I love it. Yeah. I mean, this is better than chopping off a hand. I th- That is my biggest thing. You always know if you're in a fast food restaurant or in some right. you know, dining establishment, you always know who's never worked these jobs. Yes. You always know, oh, you've you've never had to deal with this yeah. crap before. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. it. It's You don't understand what that's like until you're there. And, mm. you know, to tie this back in with last story, it's just about respect. And it's I love the fact that respect. they're holding her feet to the fire, that it's not just oh, like yeah. a five, ten hours a week. She's got to work a minimum 20 hours a week Two months. or six, six, 60 days. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is crazy. I love this type. Now, this is holding people accountability. We don't have enough of that. We don't have enough people being held accountable for the ridiculousness of their entitled actions. And I'm probably responsible for that as well. There have been times I've been snippy. But you know what? I, I know when I've been in a restaurant, something gets under my nerves and I might have – uh, been a little disrespectful to my wait staff. I'm usually the first to apologize or ask a manager over and say, hey, this person's doing a great job. I was a little snippy. This is not their fault. They brought me, you know, they took the order, they turned it in, and it was wrong from that end, not this end, right? So I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of people that don't take that time empathetically to realize that, again, people are working. And sometimes, you know, we're there in the middle of a, a rush hour. And they're scrambling to try to fill as many orders as they can. And now we're in a new environment where people don't want to work for a living. So a lot of our fast food restaurants are going out of business or scaling down to two, three employees and trying to make it through. And we're going in all abusive. Yeah, The the people that are working at these places, by and large, they're trying. They're doing their best. They're they're working their butts off to to try and do as well as possible. Just the modicum of respect. Just the modicum just of, of just decency. Yeah. Uh, just, you know what? All right. I know it's taken long. I'm frustrated. Oh, you can be frustrated. You know, that's fine. Uh, you know, understandable. Maybe you're really hungry. It's been hours, whatever. Yeah. But just a little bit of. And I've I noticed that sometimes in courtesy, showing that courtesy, sometimes the managers will, you know what? Thank you for bringing that to our attention yep. so politely. And let me give you your, your dessert for free tonight. You know, sometimes not that you're doing it for the accolades or getting something in return, but kindness works. Kindness works. We're uh, we're filling in right here. Dave Schrader for Drive Time with the Russia, and uh, I will be back. We've got another interesting guest coming in. We're going to talk about the homeless crisis, especially with veterans in the Twin Cities area, and what can we do to make this better. We'll be doing that when we return right here on Drive Time with the Russia News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.